So welcome to our uh, latest edition. I think this is our ninth of the Soybean Aphid Podcast. It's August 24th. I'm in the studio. Well, really, it's just my office here at <laughs> Let's Iowa get serious. State, uh, with Aaron Hodson and uh, Matt O'Neill. Hey, uh, Aaron, um, maybe a couple things to talk about today uh, based on what you've been hearing, uh, questions you've gotten from growers throughout the week and some uh, stuff that we've seen in the field at our, uh, from our research done by our graduate students. Yeah. You want me to start off or you Go want ahead. to start off? Yeah. Well, um, sort of good news, bad news uh, on the research front for this week. Uh, Rebecca Ritson, graduate student who's working with some plant pathologists around um, uh, here at Iowa State and has field plots all around the state, five, uh, gave me the numbers for last week from her plots. And th- these are in the unsprayed uh, plots. Five locations, all the plants, uh, at five of those, at four of those five locations, 100% infestation. One location in southeast Iowa was only 50% of the plants had aphids, and of those, there were only three aphids per plant. So that's kind of the good news. In southeast Iowa, at least in her plots, look, I would say, lightly infested. Nothing worth spraying insecticide. The other four locations, um, well, three of the four we've sprayed insecticide based on our 250 aphids per plant threshold. because those plots, those those locations had well over 250. One in uh, central Iowa had only 86 aphids per plant, and the numbers were down from last week. That was kind of curious to us. Mm-hmm. Um, the heaviest infested uh, locations were here in uh, campus, also central Iowa, and up at Nashua in northeast Iowa, where the populations were up from last week and were at 745 aphids per plant. So that's fairly healthy infestation. Yeah, there's a good variation it seems like. Yeah, pretty typical I think for this year from what we've been hearing that um, around the state there's variation and um, uh, where there are aphids, sometimes there's very few and some locations there's well above our threshold. Uh, the curious uh, locations are like Sutherland where we were just at the 250 but we're at R5 and based mm-hmm. on our conversation last week and what's been in our um, ICM uh, newsletter, it's not clear to us that spraying aphids with insecticide after R5 is going to result in much yield protection uh, unless you get really, really large numbers. And the question mark for us is how big is that that number to justify spraying so late in the season? Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone really has a good handle on that based on replicated research data. Uh, And so... It's always kind of like a black hole if you're going to protect yield or make that application worth it or not so late in the season based on aphid numbers. So, And it, it looks like this problem's going to stay with us here uh, for the next couple of weeks. I got the numbers from our suction trap for the week of August 14th and a remarkable increase. We, we hinted at this mm-hmm. last week that uh, 2008, uh, we saw large numbers of winged aphids uh, throughout August, and that 09 was starting to look like 08. Well, the suction trap numbers for this year are backing that up. Uh, pretty much every place that we have a suction trap, we saw a jump, at least by a factor of 10, in mm-hmm. the number of winged aphids in there. The biggest was up at uh, uh, Sutherland in the northwest corner of the state. Uh, going from the 31st of July, we had seven aphids, winged aphids caught on that trap. 
I'm sorry, did I say 7th August? Yeah, so on the 7th of August, uh, we had 56 winged aphids, and then on the 14th of August, 732. That's incredible. That's, yeah, that's, that's big. That's why everybody's been seeing them, and not only in the fields, but on their vehicles and equipment. It matches very closely. Yeah, and that, that goes a long way to explain some of the dramatic increases when growers go out and scout. Mm-hmm. And so it uh, looks like we would anticipate these numbers to go up into the fall or into the, the end of August. Mm-hmm. So uh, whether or not to keep scouting, you know, if you've already sprayed, you can uh, anticipate a couple weeks of residual activity on your insecticide and you're getting late in the season. So we're kind of winding down the, the soybean aphid uh, management period yep any other questions that uh, came up last week i had a couple of questions about people seeing little white aphids in their soybean and it's it's commonly they're commonly referred to as white dwarfs and they're still soybean aphids so they're not a different species they're the same species as you saw all summer and i kind of uh, describe them as little emaciated or um, they're just not doing as well compared to a nice, healthy, plump green aphid that you're used to seeing all season. So uh, an aphid's an aphid, and so when you're counting aphids to to try and estimate management decisions, you count the white dwarfs in addition to any of the healthy green ones that you see, and you include them when you're trying to make a treatment decision or not. Yeah, that's really well said. An aphid is an aphid is an aphid. Um, Even though they come in a lot of different forms, winged versus no wings, real robust looking sounds kind of silly to talk about Mm -hmm. something so small as being robust but when you see these white dwarves they're um they are kind of anemic looking Mm -hmm. um we we count them all the same for the purposes of uh, management any other questions or um i think people are just really trying to make the last minute decisions on counting or scouting and spraying and if they should or not and so it's just really variable from field to field at this time of the year so keep that in mind um, what's happening in the last couple of years as well for you yeah i think um we did have one kind of interesting question through the uh, website a mm-hmm. um, gentleman asked how long does a winged aphid live and um we've been talking a lot about winged aphids so i guess we sort of deserve this question <laughs> the um uh, and Aaron did a nice job of following up with this, tracking down how long uh, just soybean aphids in general live. Uh, about, what, two weeks as an adult? Is that um, Well, it's all based on temperature. And so under ideal conditions, they can live for almost four weeks. But, of course, we don't experience ideal conditions uh, for for four weeks in a row. And so that might be a little bit reduced. And so a lot of things come into play, temperature, humidity, the quality of the food that they're feeding on, um, but it, it's probably less than four weeks. Yeah, but we don't really know, I guess, how long a winged aphid lives. Uh, my sense is that they're probably shorter life, you know, moving around. They burn a lot of fat. Uh, yeah. Yep. yeah. <laughs> they're, they're very healthy yep. when they have wings. They're slim. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but they uh, uh, they also put themselves at risk for uh, predation, for you know, just being blown off a plant, not coming down, uh, mm-hmm. back to a host. Um and like you said, they're, they're, they're burning more calories, and so there's a risk of uh, sort of just burning out. Yeah, it's a risky. It's a risk you take. You fly around and maybe, maybe not find things to feed on when you're moving. But it does open up some uh, questions about 
the basic biology of the aphid. And now that we're getting into the fall, uh, just a heads up about maybe how the Soybean Aphid Podcast is going to change some. Uh, we're going to start uh, tackling some larger issues um, in the future. Uh, Aaron and I are both going to go back to our research jobs as kind of the field season ends and uh, look at some of the data from our different experiments. Some of this is going to involve uh, evaluating host plant resistance that will be commercially available beginning this fall. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about what we, uh, in upcoming uh, podcasts, about the different varieties of soybeans that will be resistant to aphids and uh, just how well they might be um, used for um, uh, managing aphids and what what growers can expect from those. We'll talk uh, to uh, Aaron Gassman, our corn entomologist, who's been doing work in soybeans, uh, tracking a, a significant pest of corn that spends part of its life in soybeans. And we've got some guests coming in from out of state. Uh, Dr. Mary Gardner is going to come to campus and talk about how the land around soybean fields puts soybean fields at risk for aphid outbreaks. Mm -hmm. I can't wait. Yeah, (laughs) me neither. All right, well, thank you very much. Any other things to talk about? Keep the questions coming. It helps us direct future podcasts. Oh, good point. Uh, On our website, www.soybeanaphid.info, if you have questions about soybean aphids, soybean insect management, please post those there and we'll address them in future podcasts. Mm -hmm. All right. Great. Thanks a lot. Yep, thanks. Talk to you later.